It's Lost a day for to Music Friday Live and this is Thunderdome by Militia Fox, one of those women. From Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America, it's Music Friday Live brought to you by Solar City, your source. For clean, sustainable energy, I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. Today we're going to talk to two powerhouse, multi-talented, multi-platform New York women, Militia Vox and Rashmi, so stay tuned. And now we're going to go to our usual theme music. Hi there, this is Patrick O'Heffernan, and I'm your host on Music Friday Live. That was our usual uh, theme music rather than the Halloween music we played earlier. Don't forget, this is your show. Our guests are here to talk with you, so call in at 347-215-7511, or you can email us. I know a lot of you are sitting there at work. You've got your headphones on. You aren't really paying attention to what's on your computer screen. You're listening to us. So you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Well, we have a surprise caller on the line. Is this uh, Atara? Yes, it is. Hi there. Hi there. Why don't you hi. introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, hi there. My name is Atara Gottschalk. I'm the lead singer of the band Plastic Rhino out of Los Angeles, California. And you've got a show coming up tonight and a new EP out. Why don't you tell us about the show? I understand it's going to be at the Viper Room. It is. It's going to be at the historic Viper Room on Sunset Boulevard. It's going to be an amazing night of music. We play tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, we've got our amazing friends Furiosa and Young Flood going tonight as well. So if you're in the L.A. area, you should check it out. You don't want to miss this show. And also, you've got a, a new EP out, uh, Recondition, which we're actually, we can't play it now. We don't have time now, but uh, you're going to be back here next week on Music Friday Live with cuts from Recondition, aren't you? Absolutely. We will play it huh. next Friday for you. It's a high-octane, female-fronted rock and roll music, balls to the wall. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my kind of music. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, real quick, um, where can people go to get tickets to your show tonight? Uh, tonight, the tickets, uh, if you go to viperroom.com, you can buy tickets on their website. Uh, or There will be tickets at the door. I believe they're $10. So just uh, try it out online, and then we'll see you at the door if not. Okay, and there's a great parking lot right behind the Viper Room, so you don't have to drive around Sunset Boulevard and try to figure out where to park your uh, Lamborghini. Okay. Correct. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for, for, for dropping in, uh, and uh, we will look forward to both of you uh, next week here on Music Friday Live. So thanks again. Bye. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Take care. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. And we're back. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host here on Music Friday Live. And we're going to have to take a, a, we have to say hello to all of our affiliates, all you people out there listening in radio land, our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and the radio affiliates in Tampa and Washington State and Boston. If you have questions or comments, don't forget, they're here to talk to you. 
You can call us, 347-215-7511. And, you know, if you're sitting at work, and I know because of the time most of you are sitting at work, or if you're listening to us on a podcast, which I know a lot of you do, you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. We'll read your email on the air. If it's live, if you're listening to us on a podcast, we'll go ahead and we'll forward it on to the uh, the guest and and they can re- they can answer either through us or directly to you. So in any case, that's how you communicate with our people. Speaking of our people, Militia Vox has been called the dark diva, the metal goddess, the black queen of heavy metal, ferocious, badass, loud. And she's also been called really honest, existential, hardworking, and beautiful. Well, she's all of those things and more, and I know because I've met her. She's the founder and the front woman of Judas Priestess Tribute Band. She's a producer of fantastic events. She's an actress, a model, and a businesswoman. A multimedia, multi-platform, multi-dimensional genius with a message of power and rebellion and success and of being really true to who you are. And by doing so, she has blazed some trails and she's opened some doors and she's inspired thousands of people. And I think she's made a lot of really, really good music along the way. Her new EP, Bait, has been called Stunning um, and Sweet Steel Sawblade in Your Skull. Her recent single, Vow, takes it to a whole new level, but we're going to take it to a whole new level because she's here to talk with us. Hi, Militia. Well, with an intro like that, my God, we don't even need to say anything else. That's just it. Interview over. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, so just, you know, whatever Patrick said, just that, and that's all you need to know. So we'll we'll see you in the show. Well, no, there's a lot of deep, dark secrets that we're going to plumb here. You've been on the show before. Oh, they are dark. Yeah, Yes, we shall plumb. (laughs) Let's plumb. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's plumb. All right. I want to, you know, I wanted to have you back for a number of reasons. First of all, because I knew you were in L.A. recently in a recording studio, and maybe you can give us some hints on what you have cooking on that front. Secondly, your new single uh, has some very pointed lyrics. And thirdly, because you've got a theatrical, because of your theatrical musical productions, especially the one coming up, Devil's Night in New York City. So there's a whole bunch of things to talk about, in addition to all the great songs on um, your, uh, your, your, your album, Bait. So why don't we start by Yeah, you where are we going to start? You, you have to navigate start. this, because it's right, all like okay. a big ball of foil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just add like a piece of foil to a piece of foil, but, and then eventually you get a huge ball that tourists come and see. Well, that's, that's, what that's I why do. I love to have you on the radio, because <laughs> all the tourists come and listen. So tell us, what is <laughs> Come see my great house- ball of foil. <laughs> All right. Tell us, what is Delicious House of Voodoo and what's Devil's Night? Okay. Well, let me explain to all of the possibly non participating Halloween people out there, and I know they exist, um, which I don't know why, because to me, Halloween is like my New Year's Eve. That's like my most exciting time of the year. Um, not only because of like I'm an October baby and I tend to dabble in the dark side and, you know, uh, Halloween is just, I mean, everything about it is just, to me, it's the ultimate. Like, it's all downhill after the 31st, I tell you. Um, so um, this is my high holidays with the 30th being Devil's Night and the 31st being Halloween. Um, the 30th, is they call it mischief night um it's also i don't know maybe that's just urban legend or however it gets started but i like the idea of it that um the 30th is kind of a night of wildness and fun and you know extreme behaviors things that i tend to enjoy and um i decided to mark the occasion by throwing a really huge party so my huge party is called malicious house of voodoo um, this is the second installment of House of Voodoo that I've done. I did it um, last year in New York City, and it was very successful. And there's a demand to bring it back, so I decided to bring it back for this occasion. So uh, we're doing it at Drum, which is in the Lower East Side, which used to be the old Opaline, so that venue has a history of you know, de- debaucherous events in it, so it was kind of a, an ideal location for it. And uh, we have three bands, Monday. Uh, on Ange and myself, Melissa Vox. And uh, we've got uh, burl- heavy metal horror burlesque, the Slaughterhouse Sweethearts. 
and we have uh, a gallery in the front room. So this is like something that's unique that I haven't hosted before um, at an event like this is having it being like festival style. It's a mix of music and burlesque and art and uh, morbid wares and things like that. So in the front room is a gallery called the Wonderland Gallery with um, artwork showcased by uh, Allison Silva, who's a painter, uh, Trey, who's a photographer, Mike Krenner, who is a guy who draws, and um, Pure Vile, which does like morbid glamour and wares and things like that, spooky, spooky little nightmarish wares, you know, um, wearable taxidermy and skulls and jawbones and things like that. So if you want to wear a jawbone as a necklace, the only place to get it would be at House of Voodoo. <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds like something that uh, my, my L.A. audience should fly out to New York for. So where do they get tickets? Oh, yeah. Where, where, uh, where do they get tickets? tickets at the door. We're doing this old school, man. No pre-sale. It's a walk and talk. So you got to show up. And then you get in, but I advise showing up like on time or early because we are kicking off early. The night starts at six o'clock, so doors are open at six, and it's most likely going to sell out. So you might want to be there, right, you know, oh. as soon as the sun goes down. <laughs> that, that is that is early because most of the party goers I know arrive at eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is not that party. If you arrive at eleven, you're going to miss the bulk of everything. So okay. Um, well. So this is uh, we're kicking it off that early because well a because well I always felt that Halloween in New York City used to it used to be really awesome there was all these events to go to and um, in recent years it hasn't been the same because we've been like overridden by bar culture so mm. you know if you want to go to a sports bar on, ha- on Halloween or Devil's Night then I think you know something's just wrong <laughs> you shouldn't be in New York City you should be and, and there's in, no like, reason for Allentown. New Yorkers to be watching. There's no reason for New Yorkers to be watching any sport right now, is there? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I know it's football season, and I know those big guys look great in those tight pants, but come on. So well, There is this little um, thing called the playoffs going on between the Mets and the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the only reason yeah. why I know that is because the lights on, on the Empire State Buildings are Mets colors. All right. Tonight, well, lately. That's the only reason why I know that. Uh, when you're producing events like Devil's Night and all the other events you've produced, plus recording music and doing videos, you're kind of like a, a growing business empire. Is is that sort of what's going on with you? Well, I mean, I'm just a real DIY artist, so it was kind of like figure out how to do everything or, you know, or packing it. You know, you really have to figure out um how to do things rather than relying on other people. I'm very self-sufficient and very self-motivated. And um, I have uh, this like eternal flame inside that like, I just have to do everything. And um, I hate to say it, but it's my way or the highway usually. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I just want to get it done. I know that I'm capable of doing it and I know it'll get done, you know, in a way that I'm happy with. If I need help, I'll reach out. But um, you know, there's, I just create things that I want to see. So if there's okay. things that don't exist, I want to create those things. Um, and I just have had to rely on myself in this way and become self-reliant, um, which is very well, existential. Because there's things cre- that just didn't exist before that I had to create. One of the things you created is a tribute band, uh, Judas Priestess, and in a very I male I actually didn't world. create it. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No, I didn't create it, but I wish I did. <laughs> well, you were the front woman for it. Yeah. I am I, the front woman, yeah. No, the, uh, the uh, Gita Gash, our bassist, and our former guitar player created it. So um, well, how, I just how, ended up being uh, the matriarch in a way. Well, how was it for an all-female band to operate in the really bro world of heavy metal? Did you get pushback from the boys? Um, When we first started, People used to throw us shade. Like people would send us nasty emails and be like, "Oh, an all-girl Judas Priest tribute band? Oh, that's a that's a laugh." Or like, you know, like, "Oh, you guys are gonna suck," you know, stuff like that. Like they were just like trying to curse us before we even began. Or like people would test us when we were first started. Like, "Oh, can you sing Painkiller? Huh? Bet you can't." You know, stuff like that. And it's like, well, obviously, if I couldn't sing it, I wouldn't have gotten the job. <laughs> you know, so, like, then they then they heard you sing it. Just, they 
figured yeah, out. Yeah, and now they shut that. up. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's just, it just meant we had a lot to prove, and which was fine. I don't mind being tested. And okay. um, it's all good. It's like, it, you know, if anyone hates us at this point, I feel like it's just out of plain old-fashioned jealousy or because, you know, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, couch commandos, people that are sitting on their couch, like, writing hateful messages on my laptop or phone just because they're sitting on the couch. So, well, I like your message, yeah. and here's, here's one of the songs that uh, delivers that message. This is your new one. This is Val. Let's listen to a, a little bit of it. Beautiful thing. Now, when I got that, when I when I got this song, Val, I as I usually do, I put on my earphones and I listened to it very carefully, and then I looked at the lyrics and listened to it some more, and I'm kind of interested. The lyrics: I will not be turned, I will not be tamed, I won't back down. This is my vow. Now, when people say that and they mean it, I, and I assume you mean it, right? It's yeah. often the result of some kind of a trauma or some kind of a loss or betrayal. Now, what prompted you to make that vow? Um, well, I think, well, the, it was important for me to release Val first. Um, I was actually waiting till I just released it with the album, The Villainous, that's going to come out uh, in the near future. But um, for this album, or for this, I, I, it was coming, like, hot off the heels of, like, a really exciting week in American history. Like, it was the week that the Confederate flag was taken down from South Carolina, uh, it was the week that gay marriage was, you know, legal by the Supreme Court in this country. Like, it was always exciting. You know, progressive things were changing. And I was like, I've got to release Val now. Like, this is of the times. As an artist, it's my job to comment on the times. And I released this on the 4th of July, which is like, you know, the day of freedom in this country. Um, so just like symbolically, it was important to me to just make this statement at this time, uh, because for me, you know, vow is about just like sticking to your guns and like having your own and celebrating your own freedom, you know. So vow is a promise to myself to just like keep myself free, and you know, and you do that quite, quite well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, it's a, it's a skill that I've developed over time. <laughs> well, I want to I want to ask you what may be a little bit of a difficult question. Uh, your image, your persona, if you will, is dark, just like you said, uh, femme fatale, music and praise of wicked women. But you're also inspiring to women and girls to rebel, to succeed, and to do what they love, even in the face of opposition. Now, there's another woman on the national music scene who delivers a very similar message, only she does it from kind of a, a well, a totally different direction. Uh, Taylor Swift. Now, your concept album, Villainous, has been quoted as being a pushback against many pop princesses. But I wonder, mm-hmm. would, would that include the woman who gave the finger to bro country and said she would do it her way and has? Well, here's the thing is that, like, I mean, Taylor Swift has definitely evolved over time. Like, I her, I was pretty much disgusted by, like, her original image and message and music making, like, all of her lyrics and songs sound like run-on sentences. Um, so I never really liked her writing style, and I always felt like her music was kind of like, you know, it sounded like junk food for the brain, like it was like, you know, McSwifties. Um, so I just, I was never really into what she was doing. But, like, now it seems like she's really, like, embracing herself and, like, using her power for good. So, like, that part of it I like. However, the, what she is branded as, like Taylor Swift, Inc., um, is just something that, like, I just... I, it's too, I don't know, it's just too mainstream for me. It's just too, like, commercially sounding for me. I guess there's no I mean, problem you, you with being famous as long as it's, 
I mean, I don't think it's possible. I don't know <laughs> if it's possible for me to be mainstream because. Oh, well, maybe the country can catch up with you someday. It would be nice. That's what I'm. That's what I'm making on. <laughs> right. I'll be like Edgar Allan Poe. People won't realize my value until I'm dead. You know. So. <laughs> well, let's, like, let's hope not. All right. Now yeah. you were in L.A. recently. I know you're in a in a studio. Um, mm-hmm. What what there's a new album coming, uh, Villainous. Uh, oh, what yeah. when are we gonna hear? When are we gonna hear it? Oh yeah. Well, so far it's seven um, very spooky tracks, um, very powerful tracks. With uh, each song kind of like stands on its own as this like very unique uh, message that I don't feel like has been represented in music before. Uh, one of the songs is actually a spoken word poem to heavy music. Vow oh. um, is on there as well. Um, there's like a dancey song that opens the album, and uh, but it's all in the vein of badassery. So um, <laughs> I'm so proud of everything that's on it. It's like. There's some really interesting musical statements on it too that have just never been made before. Combination of metal. When, when do we get to hear um, it? Aha, that is a golden question, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a. I was gonna like just put it out because you know as an indie artist you can just kind of release stuff whenever you want. Um, and I thought maybe that would be the, the way to go, but I feel like because of the power of the album and how much you've like invested into it financially, emotionally, spiritually, everything, um, I just figured that it would be best to possibly shop it around and see if, uh, if some dark and disturbing indie label wanted to release it. So if anyone's listening that's saying, you know, uh, A&R uh, said, you know, daring risk-taking label and they want a big middle finger to sign to the label the villainous would be it well there's as you know there's there's a lot of uh, indie labels out here in, in la in fact i was at the culture collide uh, music uh, convention last weekend and they had an entire mm-hmm. fair made up of mm-hmm. indie labels well i want to listen to some more music Okay, I think our Great. our folks want to listen to some more music because I'm getting emails from them, uh, and oh. there's there's a um, uh, an, so songs on your earlier album that one song on your earlier album actually that gives me it gives me absolute chills. So uh, let's listen to uh, Forty Six and Two. Talking with Militia Vox about her new single, her upcoming show "Devil's Night" in New York City, and her and her career. And you can talk with her at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, or you can email in. A lot of you are emailing in Music Friday, Music Friday Live at gmail dot com. We're listening to a little bit of my favorite song off of her uh, album Forty Six and Two. But uh, I'm going to ask her a little bit about that this song, and then we'll go right to your email. So now this is this is a a dark song, but it also is one of the things that you do so well is that your music is cinematic. You have a way oh, yeah. of, of of creating visions with your music, not just music, but visions. Um, have you ever thought of taking a song like that and, say, turning it into a Broadway play? <laughs> well, that's funny that you say that because some people have said that it's that the music sounds like theater or in a movie at the same time yeah, but it it, it's true because like those are all my influences and um i don't know i think it's because of like when i was a kid i used to like 
lay on the floor in my room and listen to music and headphones and then like imagine what was going on or what it looked like or like what the story was. Um, so I think that's what translates when I write. It's like comes from, you know, a setting. I always think it's important when you're writing a song to like establish the setting at the, at the intro. Like that's what the intro is for to like set does. the mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, that's, I think that comes across, well, since you're picking up on it, then it definitely comes across. <laughs> well, I'm 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 looking for the uh, the Broadway play in, in in at least a year. Let's go to some of the emails here. Um, a number of people, including Sammy in New York City, uh, want to know if they can wear costumes to Devil's Night. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and just to clarify, the night is called Malicious House of Voodoo, but it is on Devil's Night, so ah, October okay. 30th. Yeah, so it's called Malicious, Malicious House, House of Voodoo. Uh, costumes and extreme style are welcome and preferred. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> and Raul, encouraged. <laughs> uh, Raul in Los Angeles says, that sounds like fun. We have something here called the Day of the Dead. Do you, do you celebrate that in New York City? Oh, I love it. Um, we don't really celebrate it here because everyone's too hungover, I think, from all the <laughs> Halloween shenanigans. But I have, my, I have a little collection of my little Day of the Dead sugar skulls at home. Okay. But that's like for my own enjoyment. Okay. Um, Altar in Boston wants to know, well, I'll just read it. It says, please bring your show up here. Boston loves good, dark stuff, too. Go Mets. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, I actually, my like musical roots are in Boston, so I'm very aware of like the darkness there. Um, I used to hang out at a club called Man Ray, which I think is not there anymore, but... Um, I was my first band ever was an industrial band in Boston, and our my first show ever, my first live show in the entire world was at the Middle East, and that's like a Boston landmark. So wow. cool, go Boston! All right, and uh, um, Roberta in New York City wants to know when your next concert is, and where do you usually play? Um, well, my next concert would be House of Voodoo. Um, which is on Devil's Night, October 30th, at Drom, which is on the Lower East Side on Avenue A between, uh, I think it's between 5th and 6th, yeah. Um, and I'm playing on Halloween at Brooklyn Academy of Music, which is on Lafayette in Brooklyn. It's called BAM. Um, so I usually That's play... Famous. That's famous. a famous know. place. Oh, yeah. I play oh, BAM yeah. regularly. Yep, sure. I play BAM regularly. They've uh, They've taken to me. Um, they keep having me back. I haven't been able to get banned yet, so they keep taking me back. But I don't know, after this show, they they might consider banning me. We'll see. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's another, a lot of places that have banned me because they say I inspire insanity and things like that in the audience. So, As if, uh, say, watching the news doesn't. But in any case, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, well, you know, people end up taking off their clothes and things like that when I'm playing. So it's a common happening. Now I definitely got to fly out to uh, uh, <laughs> House of Voodoo. Okay, well, I got, we got time for for one more, and this is uh, waiting for the night. That's waiting for the night, and unfortunately, um, I I wanted to ask you a little bit about this one, so I'm not going to be able to ask you about people taking off the clothes at at, at your concerts. Right? It's a um, it's a frequent happening. We'll just say that it's a frequent. Uh, well, I'm getting email. <laughs> Uh, a number of emails just showed up. Uh, let me wave. My producer's waving at me. He said, "Do you take your clothes off?" <laughs> I don't um, think so. I have. I mean, like if it, if the mood hits. Okay. All right. Well, um, 
We're going to let that one go because we are now out of fun. We must be having a lot of uh, – we're now out of time. Uh, so, Militia, I want to thank you so much for taking the time and creating all these wonderful visual images for us. I'm talking about the music now. Um, and, right. You know, that's why I love to have you on the show because I never know what you're going to say. Right? All right. So, Militia, thanks so much for – I know you've got to get ready for a show, so thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Always a pleasure to speak to you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. That's Militia Box, and you can get her new single, uh, her, her, new, her new single, Vow, and all of her albums on iTunes, on CD Baby, on Amazon. And uh, you have to get tickets for her show tonight at the door. Uh, be there at 6 p.m. Go to her website, and you get all the details there. We have to take a break now, and when we return, Rashmi, don't go away. You are not going to want to miss this one. Cameo Entertainment Group and Cyberstation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive Cyberstation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Cyberstation USA. Always on the go. We're back. This is Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm your host here at Music Friday Live. And uh, I want to give you a word from our sponsor. We've got a really wonderful sponsor, Solar City. Now, solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners. But, you know, a, a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because the upfront costs, you know, it costs money. Well, with Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront cost. That's right, zero upfront cost on approved credit. Solar City will come out and they'll install a solar system on your home for free. You only pay for the power you use, just like you do from the utility company, but you know, you're using a lot less of it because the sun's making it. So your monthly cost is lower. The sun can make as much as half of your power, depending on uh, where, you, where you are. Solar City pays for the system. It insures the system, and it maintains the system. All you have to do is just sit back and enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar hasn't quite been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. Okay, you want to know how to find out about Solar City, and you know I'm going to give you a phone number, so you've got your pen and your pen, paper ready. And that phone number is 909-618-6937. That's 909-618-6937. And when you call them up, tell them I sent you. That's right. Tell them Patrick sent you, Music Friday sent you. You'll get a discount. That's right. They'll give you a discount on your order. So, again, that's 909-618-6937. Well, Rashmi is a singer, a songwriter, an actress, a screenwriter. She's performed in New York City, Austin, Dallas, Toronto, L.A., and lots of other places. Her songs have been commissioned for film and dance and theater. Her country rock, pop, blues sound is is, is really unique. And, and that's before we talk about her career in theater and her films and her screenplay that she wrote that landed her at the Sundance uh, Producer Lab Finals. Her new album, Puzzle, was just released, and we get to play some cuts of it. But even better, we get to talk to her because she's here right now. Rashmi Singh, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Patrick. Well, thank you for taking the time. Now, I, you, you, you go just by Rashmi, is that correct? That's correct. Oh, okay, all right. Just for fun. Well, you, all right. <laughs> well, you have a really exciting career, at least from my side of the microphone. Now, you've been on stage, you've been in of your teeth and in the woods and other things you've appeared in films and you were you were ron howard's angels and demons uh you formed your own theater group you wrote a screenplay how did you squeeze music into all that uh well i've always been singing and um you know performing and doing all kinds of different kinds of performance and um so it was just very natural to be you know interested in and want to perform in other mediums um namely acting, and 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 then after that, the writing for both of them started to happen more out of um, the, the desire to uh, share in my own unique fashion or to share stories or music in the way that I, you know, was felt more personal than, um, you know, just doing um, 
other people's work and writing, which is very exciting uh, when you can really find a good combination that aligns with you. But I think writing just helps you to, it gives you a certain level of autonomy and creative freedom and um, because you're really singing or acting and stuff that, um, at least for the songs, because you're acting about music, you know, that um, they're really an expression of who you are personally and individually. Let me ask you something. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm associated with the uh, the theater community here in L.A. as well as the music community. Is it the case, and based on what you just said, that when you get up on stage and you're singing, that's you. But when you get up on stage and you're the mother from Into the Woods, the baker's mom from Into the Woods, that's not you. Is, is... Um, no, I think it's all you. There's just It's uh-huh. just a, um, an expression of you an aspect of you that um, you get to explore a little bit more deeply. Um, and because it's, I think, you know, in the end, acting too is about telling a truth and you're telling the truth of a particular character. And I think it's finding that in you that makes it truthful. Okay. Now, yeah, you grew up in Dallas. Uh, is, is that where the country music influence comes from? Yes. You know, it's always playing, it's always like this mix of, the top 40 and then um, the country that's all around you. And um, it's very, you know, in Texas, those kind of go back and forth, like when you're growing up as a teenager and stuff. And often sometimes they even play on the top 40 stuff. So it's, you're listening to both, you're hearing it. And, you know, the country music and the stars are so, they're just as iconic as anybody else. So they're very present. It's kind of interesting. I've had another Asian American woman from Dallas, who's now a country singer on the show, the Korean American uh, Betty Sue. Is, oh, cool! Is there some, you know Betty? I don't know, but it sounds really neat. Uh, yeah, she, she's up. lots. Of, she's like do that. Um, she's she's the only person who can get up on stage and say she has a father named Sue. And if you know Johnny <laughs> Cash, you know the reference. There. Oh, that's funny. That's great. Yeah. Uh, is there something about Dallas that's especially hospitable to diverse women sing, uh, succeeding in country? Um, well, you know, it was where I grew up. So I, I would say that it's, it was or it is um, friendly to – my parents are from India. My dad was an electrical engineer, and believe it or not, Texas was a really good uh, spot for scientists because of NASA – and the university right. system's very strong. Um, Texas Instruments, that's where my dad worked for a long time. Um, so there's actually this interesting scientific hub. Actually, a lot of oil, so there's a lot of oil engineering. Um, and also a lot of small towns where a lot of physicians end up because people that are usually born and raised in the States don't necessarily want to move to a small town and be a doctor. But if you're an immigrant, you're moving, so it doesn't really matter where you go. So you have a lot of small towns in Texas that have South Asian doctors. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, being a native Texan who actually spent his early childhood in one of those small towns, I, uh, I know what you're talking about. Well, let's do some music. And, and, and here's, a, here's an example of what I think is the kind of really big country sound that you do so well. This Everything you say. That's Old Time's Sake by our guest, uh, Rashmi. Um, Rashmi, you, we, we've got some callers here who want to talk to you, and we'll get to them in just a minute. But uh, you really rock that song. And later on, there's an electric guitar rift in there that, that really soars. Now, is learning to write and play and arrange music like that, well, it's, it's not easy. Now, where did, you get, where did you get the time and the energy and the drive to nourish your music to that level? Um, well, I I play acoustic guitar on that, and the the guitar riff you're hearing is my lead guitarist Wilson Montuori, who is terrific. Um, 
in terms of the structure, yes, it, it follows the structure that I composed for it from, in its acoustic form. Um, and then I bring it to the band and we play it, and it, it really called for a guitar solo. So I was like, you know, we got to put that in there, and it, it uh, goes really well right after the bridge. I think structure comes just from listening to music and internalizing what you really respond to, and then also just listening to songs and seeing how they're um, how they're structured and um, you know how they can be different. But then there's all this uh, time for. Um, soloing or just even riffing or, you know, even keeping it sometimes pretty tightly structured really works well for other songs. So I think it's really about listening and seeing what you respond to. And then also depending on the style of the song that I've created, it might call for something um, very specific. But then it comes about very naturally as to how I'm going to end up setting it up. Well, it sure worked well. We have a caller here uh, on the line who has a question for you. Caller, could you uh, give us your first name and the city you're in? Oh, uh, I'm calling from from Brooklyn. My name is Frederick. And hey, what's your uh, Hi. Um, yeah, my question is: uh, I know that Rashmi expresses herself through different disciplines, right? Uh, you know, music, and she's a writer and screenwriter, and all all these different things. So I was wondering if um, she had an influence or some kind of influence or uh, or um inspiration outside of outside of music pretty much like um and maybe possibly have, has influenced uh, some of the songs of puzzle on her album which is a great album so I was wondering if there was any like maybe a poet or a choreographer or something and how um you know possibly in the future if uh she might Tried a, a separate discipline that she's she's never tried before. Is that clear? Am I, okay. am I all over the place? Yeah, that's that, that's clear. Uh, what what were your influences are for, and are there any other things on on your menu for the future for the uh, the future? Yeah, uh, the fe- uh, sorry, thank something... you for uh, calling in. I'll uh, let you take your out. You can uh, listen uh, off on the phone here for your answer. Rashmi. Yeah, um, I think that. Sure. I mean, I think most artists are attracted to different forms of art. I mean, I don't know anybody that, um, you know, just does one thing. And it doesn't mean that they have to be very good at all. You know, like even every, my go, even, you know, just even going to visit the museum and being deeply influenced by visuals or, um, and, you know, sculpture or something. Um, I feel like in my case, I, I do write visually and metaphorically. And part of that, um, might be a love for my love for literature and poetry and then also um like film and you know that's a visual medium and what that would look like if if there was a song describing a scene or um describing a situation um like uh, a puzzle is you know using metaphors from different kinds of puzzles and then fly with me kind of has this allegory with flying and but it's not really about, you know, flying. So I think it's 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 all these different influences with literature and poetry and then also um, painting. There's so much symbolism in early painting. Like if you go and see early, like I was at the Vatican just a couple of years ago and early, you know, early Christian painting has so much, there's all this heavy, heavy symbolism. It's really beautiful. And I think that we all are drawn to those things. And I think it just comes through more when, um, you know, I'm writing. Okay. Well, I want to thank the caller for uh, asking the question. And since you mentioned the album Puzzle, let's uh, listen to the song. This is uh, Puzzle from the new album Puzzle.
Well, first, first of all, uh, that's obviously not a country song, but it's a beautiful <laughs> song. In that, you sing not good enough now, feeling that you've let yourself down. Now, for a woman who's very good at a number of things, I would think that you are more than good enough now. What was going on <laughs> in your life when you wrote that? Thank you, Patrick. Um, I think that, you know, you're in your own journey, if any, everybody's individual journey, there are moments when you feel like um, something hasn't worked out or something didn't turn out to be as great as you thought it was going to be. You just have expectations. It's natural to have expectations. And then you feel like uh, the expectations or even the way the trajectory of something didn't go the way that you did. And then it's only when, like, a friend like what you've just mentioned can mirror back to you, hey, wait a minute, snap out of it. You know, this is fine. This is this is good. This is not just good. It's great. Do you feel like you get perspective? So I feel like it's writing from that tender place right before you get perspective where you feel like, you know, in the dark of the night, something just didn't go the way that you had planned. And you're, I mean, you're right too. Like maybe it's not a big deal, but in that moment, it really feels like you can't get any perspective on it. And it feels really like a breakdown and it feels very much like a disappointment. So I think it's just writing from that very specific place of feeling confused and feeling uh, betrayed by your own expectations. Let me kind of dive into that a little bit. As I said, that's not a country song, and actually only half of the songs on the album you could really call country. Is that one of the pieces of the puzzle, uh, the many musical ways you have to express yourself, blues, pop, country, etc., that goes into an emotional ballad like that? Are you still fitting all those pieces together? Um, Not consciously, but I think that all these influences exist in me, and I think when I'm expressing them, you know, they tend to find their own way. But, yeah, there are diff- definitely times when I feel like I'm I'm still discovering what that unique voice is in me, and it's going to always be evolving. But then there are these moments where I feel like, you know, am I there yet? Or, you know, it's it's all this different of, like, the Indian music that my parents were listening to, the Western classical that I was raised in, the country music, the top 40 being really drawn to Latin jazz, uh, you know, Gilberto and Getz and all that, so, so many rich things. And then, and often, you know, when I'm putting out music or like talking to somebody like you and they want to know the category and I'm just, and I'm not, you know, being uh, coy. I'm like, you know, I really don't know. I'm actually trying to express all of these different things. And I do think that there is a unique voice that's coming out but it's taking its time, and sometimes it can go very polarizing and have something like Old Time Stake, which sounds like a rock in a country song. And sometimes it can come out and be a real blend. Like, um, you know, Puzzle kind of has this world feel to it, but then it's it's moving and it's, um, def- you know, it's got a nice groove and a nice beat. Um, Fly With Me is like almost like a dance song, but then the lyrics are very metaphorical, and I'm definitely singing using some vocal uh, lines that have allusion to a different modal system. So I think it's all coming together in its own way. Actually, in my conversations over the past three years, I've noticed that more and more musicians, uh, particularly those uh, who are in the indie side, uh, resist categorization. And if you look at their EPs and their albums, they they're doing lots of different genres and they're blending them, blending them all. So I think you're, you're, you're riding a wave there as well as uh, riding your, your own particular wave there. Uh, we're talking with Rashmi about her new album and her diverse career. We, you can talk with her. You can call in at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, or you can email us musicfridaylive at gmail dot com. We have some emails here, and Magnolia in Phoenix apparently picked up on one of your remarks because she wants to know how much did the Indian music of your youth influence your music now. Um. Well, I would definitely say it's an influence. I couldn't tell you how much. I mean, this is like my parents are listening to film soundtracks, you know, in the background of us growing up. And they were also great appreciators of music. And Indian cinema, every film has a soundtrack, and not just a soundtrack of uh, instrumental music, but actually songs. Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, heavy, heavy song 
um, industry uh, or, you know, just culture that's connected to film. Um, and so there's just a lot of it. And they're listening to that stuff. We're listening to it. And then they also, I happen to have parents who are really great appreciators of art. So on the weekends, they would have their friends over and there would be this kind of salon style back and forth of poetry and music and what have people heard and new songs oh. and sharing. So that's definitely a part of what, of my aesthetic. It's, um, and uh, definitely something that has an influence on the way I sing, the way I compose, the stuff that I'm drawn to, perspective, writing. Um, I don't know if I could give you a percentage, but I would say it, it's an important <laughs> part of my, important, okay. significant part of my style. All right, good question, Magnolia. Now, Margie, Thank you, Magnolia. In, yeah. uh, Margie in L.A. says, I saw you at Molly Malone's way back, and I like the show a lot, but I think you should have a bigger band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when I played at Molly Malone's, I did a solo show, so I do have a, I do have a bigger band now. Okay. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> that was nice. Uh, M- Margie, uh, you're going to have to, uh, to to catch her next show because now she's got the band that you're looking for. And Randy in Seattle wants to know who's in your band. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm have a great band on a lead guitar of Wilson Montuori. On drums, I have uh, Johnny Miles, and on bass, it's Dean Markey. And um, they're all very talented musicians. They all live here in New York City, and um, they're great. Okay, um, and before I, uh, I I forget because I'm being reminded by my uh, my listeners here, where can people get your music? Thank you. You can get it on my website, which is my name Rashmi Singh S I N G H dot com, and both Puzzle, the current album, and Brainstorm, the album before that, are on there. I'm also on iTunes and Amazon and all that good stuff. Um, but uh, Rashmi Singh dot com. Is, you know, you can go directly and you can see what's going on with me and uh, see music videos uh, and see my acting reel, the different stuff that I've been in. It's a pretty comprehensive website. So, And I also post when I'm playing next and where that um, you can stay current. Okay, we'll, we'll uh, repeat that later on. But right now, I want to play an example of something that's not country. This is blues. I said you do a lot more than country, and that's some real down dirty blues. But the you know the lines in that. Um, when I'm in New York, I miss L.A. When I'm in L.A., I miss New York. Sounds like you're sort of doomed to a life of geographic longing. <laughs> right. Um, yes, I mean I used to live in L.A. Was, go ahead, finish your question. Well, I was going to say that you know there's a national consensus now that the nation's center of musical gravity has shifted from New York and Nashville to Los Angeles. Um, Maybe that's what you're missing. I don't know. you have any thoughts on that? Um, well, I have to tell you, like, when I lived there, I think, you know, the weather is terrific. You can't – we've had a really hard winter here in New York this last winter, and then everything we're getting uh, – we're hearing about the coming winter is that it's going to be just as bad. So I'm, I am missing L.A. right now, and I will miss it in December, January, and February. Um well, we'll come on out here and, and, and you know, and spend the winter in, in Los Angeles. I'm sure we can find plenty of places for you to play music. Yes, that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I was really playing out. I think I was really um, starting to get out there and, and play. I did a lot of writing in L.A. L.A. was very conducive to writing. Um, it was um, I just I felt like with uh, New York, because of the theater and shows were starting to come back to New York, I really felt like it might be a better space for me where I didn't have to be, um, I could do all of it. And in LA, that's possible too. I just felt like also driving takes up a lot of time. <laughs> and yeah, I, would go to, I lived in, 
I lived in Silver Lake, and I would go to Santa Monica for an audition and come back. Ooh. That would be like four hours. That's, that's and the day, that's yeah. Like the, that's the day. And here yeah. I could literally run around and do four different things in one day by the subway. And there's something to be yeah. said about public transportation that just okay. gives you a little bit more time. Well, we we now have the, the metro in L.A., so it's not quite as bad. We're getting some more emails in. Um, she in San Francisco says, didn't you play once in San Francisco? I kind of remember a show with you in it. Did you play in San Francisco? I think I might have played, like, an, if it was an evening of different songwriters, I don't think I played a, a show by myself. But I can't right. remember where it was. But it, uh, I think I did share in an evening of different musicians. Okay, well, she you you may not be uh, deluded, and, and uh, I'm sure she'll be back, and you can see her for real. Um, I'd love to come back to San Francisco. Masinga in Tucson and uh, wants to know, and we're running out of time so quickly on this. Do you play any other instrument besides the guitar? Um, no, not on stage. <laughs> okay, well, except the voice. Um, yes, I, all right. I play guitar. You've mentioned uh, this this song a couple of times, so we're going to play a little bit of Fly With Me. All right, that's Fly With Me. Uh, our listeners are going to have to get your album uh, in order to hear all of it. And, of course, they are going to get your album. But real quickly, we're uh, <clears throat> once again, tell people where they can get your albums. Uh, please get it on my website, uh, rushmesing.com. So that's R-A-S-H-M-I-S-I-N-G-H. Okay. Com. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. We've been having too much fun. I should have you back for an hour next time. Um, but <laughs> if you've got an hour, somehow I, I think you probably are too busy to do that. But in any case, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, and um, I really hope to see you in L.A. again. I'd love to do a show in L.A., and this is great, Patrick. Thank you so much. It was really nice talking to you. It's a delight for us, and it's a delight for our listeners. That's Rashmi, the new album is Puzzle, and you can get it on her website. You can also follow her on Facebook, uh, which, by the way, is the only place where you can see her new video starring a large chicken and a very playful bear. You don't want to miss that. It's on my website, too. But, yeah, my Facebook is Everything Rashmi. Okay, Everything Rashmi. And, and again, thank you so much. This has been a real delight to talk with you. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the CyberStationUSA.com network, the BlogTalkRadio.com network, and our affiliates, uh, our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page and you follow our Twitter feed, you'll get a real-time update on our guest. Vote for your favorite musician by sending me an email and tell me um, who you'd like to hear on the air. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at cyberstationusa.com. Or if you want it right away, probably the best place to go is blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday. This will be up on Blog Talk Radio in about uh, five minutes. And then also it will be on iTunes within a couple of hours. Be here next Friday. Plastic Rhino will be back, the full Plastic Rhino. Uh, and they're going to be back with a full interview, and we're also going to talk to the amazing, amazing Overpass Light Brigade. If you're in New York, you know who they are. If you have been part of well, Occupy, you know who they are. These are some fabulous people. There's nothing like them. So check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we'll update you on the guest. Good night, everyone. Have a great, great musical weekend, and we're going to leave you with a little more of Fly With Me.